Chapter Ten of Early Days of Old Oregon by Catherine Berry Judson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: Adventures in the Yakima Valley. Two years after Cox's horse race, the fur traders had another adventure which had to do with horses. On account of the War of eighteen twelve, the Americans had sold out their fur posts to the Canadian fur traders and went back to the states either by land or water alexander ross however signed a contract with the northwest company of montreal the canadian company and stayed in the oregon country it was three years now since he had had his adventure with the skunk and he had learned a good deal about oregon indians and how to deal with them this spring of eighteen fifteen the brigade of boats having brought the furs down from the upper country to astoria or fort george were going up again the name of the fort had been changed by the northwest company they had their trading goods for the next year pots and pans knives and paint guns and powder blankets and calico and dress goods the northwest company had bought fort okanagan and fort spokane of the americans but they had trading posts of their own in what is now british columbia the packs of trading goods had to be taken north from fort okanagan by horses when the traders that spring reached okanagan they found that there were not enough horses to carry their goods north again it was a serious matter without horses no trading goods could go to the indians without goods the indians would sell no furs without furs they would lose money in their business their whole business in that country was to secure furs the leader said we must buy more horses someone will have to go to the yakima valley so he sent alexander ross ross was sent because he had been there once before to buy horses every year in the yakima valley the indians east of the cascade mountains held a great fair thousands and thousands of them trailed over the hills and over the brown treeless plains of the columbia to the grassy valley it was not at all safe for a few white men to go among them at this time this spring eighteen fifteen it was really dangerous because the fur traders in coming and going up and down the river had quarrelled with the indians white men and red had been killed on the upper columbia but danger or not horses had to be bought ross started off with tom mckay a clerk and with two french canadians and their indian wives the women were to help in driving the horses on the fourth night as they rode southward from okanagan toward the yakima valley a friendly chief learned where they were going he knew their danger so he sent warriors to warn them too worried to sleep ross lay wide awake in his camp in the darkness they all slept on the ground in the open air with their feet to the fire ross knew they were all likely to lose their lives if they went on suddenly he heard faint rustling sounds near him like someone creeping along the ground up he sprang in great alarm shouting to his men but at once in low tones indian voices called out warningly white man white man turn back turn back you are all dead men they were the friendly warriors that was startling ross knew then that the danger was greater than he had expected that perhaps the indians in the yakima valley were plotting directly against him but he told the friendly indians that the traders needed horses he had to go on they went back to their chief the next morning with a heavy heart ross started off again two days later the traders entered the yakima valley 
the indian fair at a distance was a very beautiful sight thousands of slender graceful tepees were pitched in clusters in the broad sweep of the wide grassy valley and along the river's bank in all the camp was about six miles square three thousand indian warriors were there besides the women and children on the wide-spreading slopes nibbling at the green grass and the bright wild flowers were ten thousand horses these tribes were all rich in horses the indians were having a glorious time in the bright may sunshine in one place they were racing horses yelling wildly others were racing on foot in the tepees or sitting on the warm ground in the bright sunshine wrapped in their blankets braves were gambling with dice and the gambling sticks in some of the tepees solemn councils were being held by the older warriors and chiefs feasts were being noisily eaten in others back from the mountains to the westward came hunters with fresh game which the squaws cut up and cooked at once for feasts in other places indians were trading camas root and dried salmon or swapping horses here and there squaws were scraping hides or cooking on the little fires which glimmered on the ground and all through the camp indians were singing dancing drumming on the tom-toms yelling and whooping this was the picture which ross saw as he entered the valley he wondered whether he would leave it alive the traders spurred on their horses and rode toward the centre of the camp where they knew the greater chiefs would pitch their tepees they seemed to see no one but the indians saw them and followed them with angry looks and words as well as with hasty feet the moment they reached the chiefs tepees the traders dismounted at once with yells and war-hoops the warriors seized their horses and drove them away but even the chiefs were hostile referring to the quarrels on the upper columbia they said these are the men who kill our relations these are the people who make us raise the death wail then ross knew as he tells us that he stood on very slippery ground ross paid no attention to the words of the chief he opened his trading goods explaining that he wished to trade for horses the jeering indians at once drove up a horse they traded it at a high price took the trading goods and then took the horse too ross showed neither anger nor fear his men stood quietly by they all knew their lives were at stake the indians brought up another horse ross traded for it quietly the moment the price was paid the indians took the goods and the horse so it went on every trade was made in the midst of wild uproar in a circle of angry indians who jeered and yelled knowing as they did that the traders were entirely in their power horse after horse bought and paid for was driven away with whoops and laughter for two days ross stood in that one spot and traded for horses the indians were about as much during the night as during the day the traders could see the sunset the darkness gradually fall and the glow of the many campfires even the smell of cooking food came to them yet they had neither light nor food nor rest the indians refused them any food and they dared not sleep the danger grew greater on the third day ross heard the indians planning to kill or make slaves of the two indian women who were the wives of the french canadians there seemed no chance of escape for throngs of indians surrounded them in that great camp miles to the right of them to the left of them in front and behind 
almost as far as the eye could see even in that clear bright air were the tapering slender indian tepees the only chance of saving the women was to send them by an unknown trail in the mountains to the westward and then to the north yet even if they escaped they might starve on the way ross gave them orders how to go and told them to wait four days at the mouth of a certain river if he did not come then they were to return to fort okanagan and tell the traders there what had happened there was little chance that the women would ever reach it that night as soon as it was dark the two women in their indian dress with blankets over their heads slipped through the camp up the wide yakima valley into the mountains but the next day the indians found they had escaped they turned over all the parcels searched every nook and corner yet could not find them the danger of the traders was greater than ever the indians tried to anger ross's men their guns were snatched fired off at their feet and then with wild laughter the indians threw the guns down they snatched the hats off the men put them on their own heads and strutted about mockingly then jeering flung them back at their owners ross was the chief so they dared not yet touch him the fourth day half starved ross ordered his men to cook something for him and for themselves all they had had to eat for these days had been a few raw roots these they had pulled up out of the ground around them when for a moment the attention of the indians was distracted the french canadians took out a kettle the moment the kettle was on the fire five or six indian spears were thrust under the handle the kettle pulled off the water thrown out and the kettle flung to one side to give further warning thirty or forty indians standing about fired into the glowing coals a great cloud of ashes smoke sparks and dust arose it was a strong hint not to put the kettle on again if russ or his men had at any time shown fear or anger they would not have lived more than a few hours the indians were deliberately trying to make them angry because anger puts one at such a disadvantage but so long as the men were perfectly cool the indians were almost afraid to touch them one reason was that they feared the anger of the traders at the posts they could not buy shot or powder or guns neither could they trade for anything else and yet a moment's anger would have ended everything at this moment the canadian who had put the kettle on the fire took his knife out to cut off a piece of dried venison a yakima chief snatched it out of his hand ross's man lost his temper he said in an angry voice i'll have my knife from that villain life or death no said ross the chief noting how angry the man was took a step forward he threw back his blanket and raised his arm with the knife in his fist the point was downward he made a motion as if to stab the unlucky canadian that would settle things one way or another the yells of the indians ceased they crowded around the four men there was dead silence the suspense was terrible as the chief stood there with hand raised to strike the only thing to do ross thought was to sell their lives as dearly as possible he put his hand to his belt to pull out his pistol and moved a step forward but even as he put down his foot another thought flashed across him instead of his pistol he drew out his own knife here my friend he said quietly to the chief is a white chief's knife i give it to you 
that is not a chief's knife give it back to the man the chief took ross's knife and stood there sullenly ross said afterwards their lives hung by a thread every indian watched ross and the chief silent waiting for what would happen suddenly the chief handed to the canadian his knife and held up ross's knife to his people much as a pleased child would look my friends he said with delight look at the chief's knife the indians crowded around him to see the knife in his sudden joy the chief began to say that the white men were his friends at once other chiefs began to say to their warriors that the white men were their friends for the moment the danger was over the chiefs at once called a council they squatted on their heels in a half circle on the ground and began to smoke the pipe of peace as the pipe passed from one chief to another each taking a whiff ross gave to each of the six leading chiefs a small looking-glass with paper backing and cover and a little red paint the chiefs as a return gift gave to ross two horses and twelve beaver skins but best of all indian women brought in food for the half-starved men after the pipe had gone around once ross made a speech to the indians he asked them what he should tell the great white chief when he asked where the horses were ross said he will ask where are all the horses you bought from the indians the indians were ashamed tell him a yakima chief said at last that we have but one mouth and one word all the horses you bought are yours they shall be given to you by this time it was sunset ross wanted to get his horses together and escape before the indians became unfriendly again and besides every day of delay for the fur traders who were waiting for the horses meant a loss in trade this last reason he gave to the chief the yakima at once mounted his horse told ross to mount one of those given as a present and directed his son to take charge of ross's men until he returned they rode off such a night as that was all through the hours of darkness ross and the chief rode from one group of tepees to another the yakima calling out deliver up the horses they visited every section of that great camp spread for miles over the wide sweep of the green valley such a din and roar and crash of sound scalp dances here and there with hideous yells as the dancers circled about the campfire the beating of tom-toms the howling of wild indian dogs the grunting of chained bears chained wolves sent out their weird howls children were screaming women were scolding horses were neighing and trampling about thousands of them and amidst all this din up and down in and out among the tepees among the crowds who were whooping yelling dancing drumming rode ross and the yakima chief calling out in the uproar deliver up the horses if the braves were slow in bringing the horses the chief would make a talk at the end of each talk he would say to ross i have spoken well in your favor ross would at once make him a present at daylight after all night in the noise and confusion ross and the chief returned with the horses the men and the little trading property they had left were safe by six o'clock the eighty-five horses they had bought were ready to be driven away ross ordered his men to make ready for leaving but again the mood of the indians changed they made all the trouble they could they jeered at the men they frightened the horses they seized the traders guns and fired them off 
they asked for everything they saw while the men were trying to get off with the unruly horses some of them wild and unbroken the indians took their knives their belts their hats their pipes and even demanded the buttons off their clothes finally tom mckay and the two french canadians got away with the horses ross had to stay behind to parley with the chiefs when he had at last got away on an ugly restive horse which kept trying to throw him his men were far ahead as he rode on he saw three indians coming at full speed on their horses toward him ross quickly dashed down a ravine swam his horse across the stream at the bottom and hid behind a rock while he primed his gun he thought they were enemies the moment the indians got to the opposite bank of the stream ross motioned them to stay there or he would fire but the indians called out your friends your friends sure enough they were warriors sent out by that friendly chief who had warned him he knew the hostility of that great camp and he had sent his warriors to help the white men if they could it took several days to reach fort okanagan on their way they found the two indian wives who had escaped through the mountains and between them all they drove that unruly band of horses to the fort End of chapter 10